Welcome to the New Mercies Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Caldwell. This is episode number 154, and today we are continuing in our series in the book of Galatians. We're in chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 8 through 20 today. Just to give you a little background to catch you up, so far Paul has been very straightforward and almost borderline mean to the Galatians. He started the letter out by saying, I can't believe how quickly you've abandoned the gospel. You have run away from it. You've allowed false teachers to come in and distort the truth. I can't believe you've done that. He goes on and talks about how the law causes us to be condemned and how we can't find justification in the law, but we can find it in Jesus and God's Son and the gospel alone. You don't need to add anything else to the gospel. Just before this, in chapter 4, the first couple of verses, he talks about the difference in slave and son. He talks about how we were once slaves to sin and law, and it suppressed us, but God gives us freedom and he adopts us. So now he's going to jump in to something even more personal. He's going to take another step in a little bit deeper to drive home this point to the Galatians. He starts out by saying this in verse number 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. Again, he's talking about the law. He's like, before you knew God, you were enslaved to the law. You could not get to God, just couldn't do it. In verse 9, he says, but now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? He's like, what are you doing? You want to be slave to the law again? These false teachers came into the church and began to teach them over and over and over again and persuade them that they had to follow the law in order to make God happy, in order to appease God, in order to appeal to God. You had to follow the laws, the rituals. You had to get circumcised. You had to follow all of the traditions that were handed down from generation to generation from the Jewish people. And so we know that the gospel doesn't need anything added. Paul is trying to encourage that again. So much so, he says in verses 10 and 11, you observe days and months and seasons and years. Then he says, verse 11, I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. That is a hard statement to take in. Imagine your mentor writing you a letter, scolding you, saying, why have you abandoned the truth that I taught you? What is going on? And then saying, I'm afraid that all of my work with you may have been worthless. It may have been in vain. I may have done it all, and now you've turned your back on it and you've run away from it. What was I with you for? Verses 12 and 13, 14, 15, and even 16, Paul gives this example of when he was with them and how he was like them. He says this, Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. Verse 12 means this. He says, listen, I was the Judaizer. I was the person that came into churches and arrested people because they weren't following the traditions and the rules. I was the person that was so against this freedom in Christ until I met Christ. Now I can't get enough of it. Now all my liberties I have are because of Christ. He's like, I was enslaved to the law. I was condemned by it. But now I've found justification through Jesus, through the Son of God. Now I have freedom. He says this, the truth will set you free. Become as I am. Be free from all of these laws that you're trying to come under now. 
And he even says, for I also have become as you are. He was saying, I was the person that came in and tried to change you. But now, as I realized, the gospel is for everyone. It's for the Gentiles. It's for the Jews. It's for the whole world. Paul says, I began to get rid of those traditions and laws that I was once following. I ate with you. I would have never done that years ago when I was Saul, when I was against the church. I would not have done that, but I became as you are. So find that freedom. And then he says, you did me no wrong. What that means is I am not taking this personally. I just want the best for you. I just want what's best for you. Then he goes in and says, you cared for me so well, verses 13, 14. He says, you know it was because of my bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial, you didn't scorn me or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. Then he says, what has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? He's saying this, when I was with you and we were, the gospel was exploding around us and you were finding freedom, we were absolutely in one accord. And now, where has that gone? Do you think I'm an enemy of you now? Do you think I'm against you now? And then he goes on and exposes the false teachers that are there. He says, they, the false teachers, make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out. They want to make much of them. That phrase, make much of you, is the phrase that you would hear whenever you're courting someone, when you're dating someone. He's saying these false teachers are coming in and they're wooing you and they are trying their best to make you feel good and make you experience a life with them and see that they care deeply, but it's for no purpose at all. In fact, they want to shut you out. They want to make much of them. He finishes these next couple of sentences by saying it's always good to be made much of for a good purpose. And not only when I'm present with you, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. That's the phrase right there where he says, this is coming across so harshly. I want you to be able to read my body language and know that I am for you. I want the best for you. Don't follow after false teaching. False teaching is not best for you. Follow after the gospel. Run after the gospel. Run after the good news that Jesus came, died, rose again, and has adopted you into his family, not because you followed the law, but because you just trusted in him. He's worthy. He's good. I promise you I'm for you. He continues on in this book, and we'll pick up uh, this next week in the next verse as he gives an Old Testament example to help us even understand more and how he then sets us free. Next week's going to be great as we finish up this series in Galatians, but today just be reminded of this. We have freedom that should not be surrendered to the law. We have love that should not be suppressed by the false teachings around us. And we can be loyal to the gospel, to the truth and the message of Christ. Celebrate today this great gospel 